It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That crazy starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many fruits not afraid. I have a machine, listen to yourself, the world, but it don't need something to your own head. Beat it up and I've seen got no sheets. The ladder from the platter with the fear fight down. I fire in a fire, Mr. Sixth Southern Gang, the government for hiring the combat site. But you wasn't coming in a hurry, be the jury, beat it down your neck. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the hour of doom. And Bloom. And Bloom. Hey, <laughs> friends and neighbors. Welcome to a special edition of the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, an infinite invention of the imagination. And I am Joe Alton, MD, the disaster doctor, also known as Dr. Bones. I'm a geezer on the go. I'm a fossil with a fixation. Boy, oh boy. And that fixation is to keep you and your loved ones healthy in good times or bad. And I'm Amy Alton. I'm an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife. And the hostess with the mostess. And together, our mission is to put a medically prepared person in every family for times of trouble. And we are the watchers on the wall. We watch it all for you to make sure that road to preparedness is clear ahead. Now, hey, have you been injured (laughs) in an accident with a rambunctious rhinoceros? I'll bet you have. The doom and bloom attorney says... Don't call me, though. Call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy and listen to this. All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. Absolutely. You know, I like to call what we do not entertainment, not education only. (laughs) We like to call it edutainment. So we educate you and entertain you at the same time. And I hope that we actually give you some interesting... Well, we certainly are entertained ourselves (laughs) and highly amused by doing this show. Each other. And each each other. other. Absolutely. But uh, I hope that we also can uh, throw a nugget of knowledge in your direction. Speaking of nuggets of knowledge, I'll Mm -hmm. bet there is such a nugget in that noggin of yours out there. So share it with the whole class by contacting us. It is easy peasy. And here's how... The lovely Nurse Amy will tell you. Absolutely. Contact us anytime by email at drbonespodcast at aol.com. You can find us on Facebook at Doom and Bloom and also on Facebook at 
Joe Alton, MD. That's right. And our survival group, at survival medicine group, survival medicine, Dr. Bones, Nurse Amy. Absolutely. Follow us on Twitter at Prepper Show. And don't forget our YouTube channel, DR Bones Podcast. That's right. And besides this podcast, the Survival Medicine Hour, which you'll find on Blog Talk Radio and, of course, on our website at doomandbloom.net, you will also find, you will also find our other podcast, which is a current events podcast, not so much just medicine. It is called American Survival Hour, and it is in association with the nice folks at Genesis Communications Network, GCNlive.com. So check it out, and you might find that interesting as well. Now, oh. Yes. All right, we haven't told everybody where we are. We are in the lovely state of Oregon. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a blessing or a curse, because... <laughs> Usually, while we're gone, some storm brews up in Florida. Right. Well, we haven't. First off, we told. <laughs> first off, we said, "Hey, honey, let's go to Oregon to beat the heat and, and see and the sure beautiful, enough, cool weather." Right. And sure enough, as soon as we got away from the coast, it was <laughs> a heat wave, ninety-nine degrees, oh. or felt like ninety-nine degrees, uh, in the shade yesterday. A little bit cooler today, but crazy, still crazy baby. and. Now we had, we went to the Mother Earth News Fair and had a, a wonderful time there. We actually did a, a class also in Corvallis, Oregon, and that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of people who actually knew each other, parts of the Oregon prepper groups that are in, on the coast over there and also in the Albany area and farther afield, but the, a lot of them knew each other, and that was sort of fun to do it with a, a group like that. It's always good when we do that uh, with church groups and other kinds of folks that are one relatively closely knit group. We we really enjoyed that. Then, of course, Mother Earth News. We uh, spoke over there on uh, one of their main stages. Had a really good time. Uh, I, people are really, I think, very receptive to our message in Oregon. Very nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So <laughs> sorry, I sound stuffy. I was sneezing. You were sneezing. <laughs> I, I know you poor thing. Well. We're going to take good care of you. We're going to try to get you home now. Unfortunately, try. it's oh not going to be that easy because, believe it or not, sure enough, an out-of-season almost tropical storm has sprung up in the Gulf of Mexico, and it may indeed put a, a damper on our travel plans. We are going to be heading out very early in the morning from Portland to Atlanta and then Atlanta to Fort Lauderdale. I think we'll get to Atlanta, but between you and me, the odds of getting to Fort Lauderdale in the middle of that mess, I think, are nil. So we're going to be <laughs> trying to figure out what we're going to do. We'll be hanging out in Atlanta for a couple of days. We may wind up. <laughs> we may indeed wind up doing that. And uh, if we do, we'll still be doing our darndest to keep in touch with you guys and to pass on good medical content that might help you in times of trouble. You know. Also, the one thing I do want to say about traveling is that we get to meet people sometimes people that are very prominent in the preparedness community they even that we didn't even know lived in that particular area and one in one of the people in these cases uh occurred right here when uh, we met leon pantenberg who is one of the grandfathers of preparedness his website survival common sense is has been around gosh for many many years much longer than just about everybody else's website and he is still actively writing and uh, teaching young people also journalism and 
putting together their thoughts on pen and paper. I think that is a very worthwhile pursuit, and it was really an honor to meet him. And we got to speak for a few minutes. Uh, we also met Annie Tuttle and the Duffies of Backwoods Home Magazine. We've known them of, cor- them, of course, for a long time. We knew they lived in Oregon, and we always try to visit them when we're here. But seeing Leon was a really big surprise for us and a, a real pleasure, a real honor, honestly. And we got to speak for a few minutes. So here he is, Leon Pantenberg of Survival Common Sense. Well, we've got a very special treat today. You know that when I first, when I, old Dr. Bones, ancient <laughs> geezer Dr. Bones, started writing about preparedness, I was looking for people that knew what they were talking about. And I actually have just bumped into, at the Mother Earth News in Albany, Oregon, I've bumped into one of the granddaddies of the preparedness <laughs> movement, of the modern preparedness movement, and it is just such a pleasure to meet you, and I mean, in person, in I person, know, yeah. and to actually be able to be at an event with you. Mm-hmm. This is Leon Pentenberg, and Leon has been writing about preparedness topics for a very long time, and if you know anything about preparedness, you know about Leon Pattenberg. But I'd like to know, Leon, tell us a little <laughs> bit about your history, how you first got interested in preparedness. When did it all start for you? I think I was always a preparedness type. My mom had a pantry and mm-hmm. was very self-reliant. I didn't know everybody wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so when I grew up, um, I guess I'm still growing up. Uh, I- when I grew up, I was always interested in the topic. I worked in the news business for nearly 40 years, and what I was seeing was a lot of people getting seriously injured, hurt, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, in accidents in the wilderness that could have been prevented. Most of it by just a little common sense, hence the title. Yes. So I am still a Boy Scout leader, and uh, I've been teaching wilderness survival for 20-some years to scouts. And the way the website got started was I would go do a seminar or something like that and parents would say uh, can you give us a little more information I would send them an email and um, it just kind of grew from that. Tell everybody before we go any further the uh, URL address of your website. It's easy to find survivalcommonsense.com that obviously yeah, was you got you easy. got that one you got that one early. That's an that's an awesome an awesome web survivalcommonsense.com. Yes. Make sure yes. make sure you check that out. And the title actually came from a parent who mm-hmm. said to me uh, after one seminar, uh, "Can you tell me a little more? Because what you're saying is so simple. It's just common sense survival." And I mm-hmm. said, "There is a title. There's a title." And then a few years later, I was uh, railing to my wife about some of these survival shows and specifically some of the ones where the, the host does these crazy shenanigans oh boy that uh, yes you know it's the type of thing you don't want anybody to do and so finally she said to me well why don't you have a website and i said i don't know <laughs> and so concurrently then um in 2000 oh geez six or so uh, there were two fatalities Uh, from people who died of hypothermia and exposure in the area where I live. I live in the foothills of the Cascades. Hmm. And at the time I was working for a newspaper, the boss stopped me in the hall and said, why don't you write a survival guide for Central Oregon? Awesome. And I said, well, there's there's dozens on the market. Just go pick one. And he said, apparently they're not working. (laughs) So 
So he told me to view it as an investigative assignment. So I went out and I researched, did a lot of interviews with people, and I found out there was a tremendous amount of misinformation. A lot of it very, very dangerous. I agree. So I wrote that up. Okay, so concurrently then, here we are to about 2008, and uh, I came home one day, again railing about stuff, and my wife said, well, you're going to have to fix it yourself because here's your website. So she had set me up. Oh, wow. That, what a, that is, <laughs> what a, it's nice to have somebody who has the uh, skill yeah, to actually yeah. put something like that together. Yeah. I'll tell you that one. So that was, um, oh, gosh, early, two, late 2008 or something like that. I started out with 30 stories and posts that I had written already. And today I have almost 700 and a YouTube channel that should hit 5 million views in Oh, next week they're at about. Wow, that is yeah. great. What? Uh, what's the YouTube channel's name? Survival Common Sense. So, okay. There you go. <laughs> sounds yeah. sounds good. I actually called my YouTube channel Doctor Bones Podcast because I couldn't. Uh-huh. Uh, that's yeah, a, yeah. What I do mean, you use? <laughs> the truth is, but I don't put the podcast on it, which is a funny, <laughs> a funny oh, thing. Okay. I just do demonstrations yeah, and things sure, like that. Sure. But that's awesome. What? So, what can tell us a little bit about? what we can find on your website and on your YouTube channel. If, what kind of information sure. will we find there? Much of it is reader-driven mm-hmm. or reviewer-driven because people will call or, call or, or write me an email or something and say, what do you know about this or what do you know mm-hmm. about that? Uh, I get a lot of requests for knife reviews. Knife reviews? Knife wow. reviews because uh, if you only have one tool, it's probably going to be a knife. And, and so I have a whole lot of those uh, on that line. People have asked me recently about firearms, and I've, I've shied away from writing about guns because there's so many on the, the websites, and you just a, attract a group of people who are only interested it's in the firearms. So uh, I write w- about what people ask me about. Uh, I'm very heavy into fire making, survival fire making. Um, Morris Kaczynski, for those of you who know who he is, uh, says that fire is your number one tool for survival in the cold. And that would work even in Florida, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. And some parts of Florida would it be almost essential. But you would you think that Florida is a very hot state, and where we are near Miami, Florida, mm-hmm. wow, it is. Well, I'll tell you that much. But there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of parts of the states that you could easily die of hypothermia. Really, if you landed in the water, you can die of hypothermia just off sure, the coast sure. of Miami. If, sure, you can. You know, over if if you were in the water for long enough. That can happen, and mm-hmm. if you start looking at hypothermia casualties, you'll find out that number one is Alaska, but Florida is in the top ten. I believe it. <laughs> I, I, I totally believe it. So many people, and, and I'll bet that a lot of those are people that were wound up in the water. Now, you you could be in lakes, of course, sure. there are a million lakes in Florida, sure. or you know, we have so much coastline, you're going to find a lot of people that wind up landing in 80-degree water, but 80-degree sure. water isn't 98.6-degree sure. sure. exactly. water, and you will radiate heat from, mm-hmm. you know, into the, into, into the colder environment. Yes, yes. And I get a lot of people asking about things like, um, what's the best fabric to wear outdoors? Okay. And uh, I, I surprised someone, I think probably last week, when I mentioned that when I go hiking in the desert, I wear wool socks. Uh-huh. And they go, well... Isn't wool an insulated material? And yes, it is. Very well, very good insulated material. It also works well when you have to dissipate heat. So uh, I get all sorts of interesting questions about stuff. Like, how do you make a, a, a lure out of wool socks? You're wearing wool socks. I'm wearing wool socks, yes. <laughs> I'm wearing no socks. No socks today. Uh, yeah, yes. it's about, what, 95 here Oh, today? man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just so used to wearing them. And, uh, <laughs> I, and, and for the reasons that you, you, that you say, I think mean, they... 
they just I just got comfortable with them, and that's what I wear pretty much all of the time. Well, my wife is always complaining to me that my gear always looks like semi-trash, like it's about to wear out. <laughs> and I point out to her, that's because I use is it. Is it, right. <laughs> and because it's serving its purpose. It is. It Absolutely. Is. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate your, your time here. Tell us a little bit, though, about you know projects that you might have or, or th- places that you want our listeners to check out your stuff at. Well, you can always go to my YouTube channel. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And also, I appreciate feedback, uh, not from the trolls, but from people who have <laughs> legitimate questions and honestly want to know. I love talking with those folks. And I'm always interested in what do you see as a concern for where you live mm-hmm. that could possibly uh, be something I could, could deal with. I know a lot of experts in the field, and I don't hesitate to call them. And uh, I don't. Uh, if you look at my posts, you'll see they're all sourced. Meaning there's not just some anonymous guy saying, by the way, this seems like a good idea. Um, And so I will do stuff like that. Uh, My projects, oh gosh, for the summer, I'm going to be working with the Boy Scouts, some on the Wilderness uh, Survival Merit Badge. uh, You know, by the way, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. I just wanted to say that really for young people, it's almost impossible to get training that would be helpful in survival without being involved with the Boy Scouts. I'm, I yes. mean, would you agree with that? Amen. Amen, yeah. yes. And I think that this, if you've got a child, and I don't know, do they allow girls in the Boy Scouts now? They don't. Well, yes, it, it, yes and no. It's uh-huh. called Adventure Team. Adventure And, and uh, they allow uh, girls who are 14 and such to join them, and they are co-ed mm-hmm. teams uh, with the co-ed uh, team leaders, and they do essentially what the Boy Scouts do. Well, you know what? Whatever it is, get your kids involved yes. in scouting. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And then, uh, if you're, if you want more information, go to a, a good website. And of course, I'm going to recommend mine. Mm-hmm. But be wary of these survival shows because mm-hmm. that's television, and most mm-hmm. of them are scripted, and most of them are designed for the, the uh, to attract you and see a watch for an hour. And that's why some of those like Naked and Afraid and such, they have gimmicks. Wow, I know. It's amazing. I've wound up interviewing people from Naked and Afraid. (laughs) And these guys are just sort of guys that are hanging out, you know, and then and they don't just don't mind being naked. And a lot of them do have do have some good, some real skills, you know, but uh, some of them wind up getting themselves in real trouble. I mean, if you've ever seen anyone on Naked and Afraid in a tropical environment, you see that their entire skin changes as yes. a result of all the bug bites oh, and things gosh, like that. Yeah. It's so so unwise to even have a show like that. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know where to get in. And plus, these yeah. other shows like Dual Survival, where they build in a conflict between sure, sure. the two people, mm-hmm. and then they stage things that I remember Cody Lundin saying, they, they, they stage things that were actually dangerous that he just he, he yeah, even he yeah. wouldn't do uh-huh. and and tried to make him do it and that's why they they parted ways I, it's not the way to learn survival the good thing about those shows is that people are even thinking about it yes because, that is something because uh, I, I, I would venture to guess that most people have never considered survival until they're actually in a, such a situation. And uh, the, the time to prepare for a survival situation is long before it happens. <laughs> Amen, brother. 
Oh boy. Leon, it has been an absolute honor to have you come by. Thank you so much. Uh, and I'm surprised you found us here and we're, we're in the <laughs> non-air conditioned part of the expo. Uh, and so I highly recommend you go back before you get hyperthermia. <laughs> you go back into the air conditioned rooms over there. And, and have a great rest of your great, day. Great. Well, I'm headed over now to a biostove place. Oh, and, uh, very cool. visit with one of those folks. So, okay. yeah, it's been nice talking with you and nice meeting you. It's great. Great meeting you, Leon. Yeah. Thanks for coming right. by. Thanks. Appreciate it. And there you have it, Leon Pattenberg of Survival Common Sense. We're going to take a very short break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Survival Medicine Hour with Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Joe Alton, MD, and Amy Alden, ARMP. We'll be right back. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Amy Alton, ARNP of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. You'll be glad you did. These days of terrorists, active shooters, and worse, every school, workplace, and homestead should have the equipment necessary to save a life. The first aid bleeding control module is meant to provide the items you need to stop hemorrhage. It's compact, lightweight, and has easy-to-read waterproof instructions. If every teacher's desk, worker station, and car or truck had one, have no doubt, it would save lives. Available at store.doomandbloom.net. That's store.doomandbloom.net. And we're back. You're listening to the Survival Medicine Hour with Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Joe Alton, MD, Amy Alton, ARMP. And we're glad to be here in beautiful Oregon. It is, It has been a hot day or two over at the Mother Earth News Fair, but it was a lot of fun. We got to meet a lot of interesting people. Amy and I just want to say a great big thank you to all the people that came by and said hi to us uh, at our booth that uh, came to our talks and came to our class uh, in Corvallis and also in Albany, Oregon. And we just can't tell you how much that your support means to us. It really makes our day when we hear uh, nice things from nice people and get a warm welcome uh, we just seem to get a warm welcome almost everywhere we go and we are, we are just so appreciative of it i just have to say it out loud hey one of the great things that goes along with traveling to the beautiful state of oregon is to visit the duffies the publishers of backwoods home magazine and they have put together incredible anthologies of all sorts of homesteading material or education that you could really use if you're going to get out of the city and put together your own place, your own retreat in a rural area. And we really have so much fun with not only Dave and his wife, Lini, but also his daughter, Annie Tuttle, who is the editor of a brand new magazine that our good friends at Backwoods Home are putting together. And that magazine is going to be called Self-Reliance. And I believe that it's just gotten its first print issue out after being out for a period of time as a digital magazine. And we're really looking forward to seeing that on paper. Certainly always good to see a new magazine be born, especially in the good hands of the Duffies and of Annie Tuttle. And Nurse Amy... 
was lucky enough to spend a few minutes with Annie Tuttle talking about her life and the new magazine, and I think you'll really enjoy it. I certainly did. And here she is, Nurse Amy, with Annie Tuttle of Backwoods Home and Self-Reliance Magazine. So, hi, Annie. Thank you for coming on the show. I am so glad I finally get to talk to you, and especially in person. I usually do the interviews over phones, over Skype, so it's really cool to look at somebody while we're talking. Oh, well, thanks for having me, Amy. Oh, you're welcome. You guys have been really busy at this booth. It's been a great fair, and this one always is. So we're in a hotbed of uh, people who are just eating up this information, and they just can't get enough of it. Speaking of hotbed... How hot do you think it was today? Well, here in I, beautiful I think Oregon. Today, I think it only got up to about 95 or 6. I heard yesterday it got to 101. Uh, is which that is, a record? You uh, think? No, of course not. <laughs> but it's unusual for this early in the year. And I feel bad because last year we had a heat wave too. And so I hope they don't want to change the venue on us. You know, it is. I, I think it's a perfect spot. If you look at the map, you look at where Portland and Eugene is, and you look where the coast is. I mean, it really is a nice central. And I've talked to people who are from all over. Right. Plus, I mean, we're right on I-5, and it's easy to get to. Exactly. All right. So, folks, if you came out to the show, and by the way, we're at the Mother Earth News Fair. This is in Oregon. In so Albany, Oregon. Say, Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> I always get that wrong. It's all right. We forgive you. I. It was beautiful on the coast. It was in the 60s. We were so happy. We started driving over the mountains to get through here, which is probably near where you live. And suddenly, hot. Yes. All right. That's okay. It's okay. This is a beautiful show. There are amazing people here. But I want to talk about Backwoods Home Magazine. And I want to talk a little bit about you. So can you tell the audience how you ended up working for Backwoods Home Magazine? All right. Well, um, when I was about uh, seven years old, my dad started the magazine. And uh, I wrote an article uh, about finger knitting. At seven? I think I was either seven or oh eight years gosh. old. And uh, did a few little things and a little drop some drawings. Uh, but then really I started actually working and being paid for my labor. About the time I was 16, I started editing. Um, and by the time I was 18, I was editing a significant portion of our articles, and we weren't telling writers about this at this point. <laughs> so like, who wants their articles edited by a 16-year-old? Right, right. Um, but yeah, by the time I graduated high school, I was one of the primary editors of the magazine. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. So did you feel when you were growing up from age seven that this was just something that you were naturally going to get into? Well, I knew I was going to uh, live the principles of Backwoods Home Magazine, be independent and uh, have a farm of some sort. Um, that whole self-reliance feeling. Absolutely. Natural. Well, I knew I could build a house because I watched my dad do it. There you and go. I knew how to grow a garden because I watched my parents do it. And so uh, that was just so ingrained in me that it wasn't even a question. I just, that was obviously was going to, to be what I did. Absolutely. Now, do you know the story of, I know you're seven, but do you know the story of how Backwoods Home Magazine got started? Oh, absolutely. Um, my dad, Dave Duffy, uh, decided he couldn't stand working at his Department of Defense jobs mm -hmm. anymore, and he bought a parcel of land, and basically went off into the woods and built a house. <laughs> there um, you go. <laughs> that doesn't actually pay any bills. So he decided he was going to have to write a book about it to support himself. 
Um, but writing a book and having it published is really expensive, so he thought, well, I'll start with a magazine and test the waters. Uh, because it doesn't cost as much. There you it's go. not quite as much work all up front. And um, so those first few issues, we actually drove around Ventura, California, and <sighs> illegally stuffed them into people's mailboxes. <laughs> no. <laughs> we uh, got warned wow. by the postmaster that we couldn't do that anymore. Uh -oh. And then we just started handing them to people. But we got a few subscribers, and that was enough uh, sustenance that we were able to continue on and eventually we were even able to pay our print bills that's awesome what were some other marketing things that you guys did because I can't imagine just starting I mean we're not talking about internet here you don't have access to millions of people no not with at all. an ad or a Facebook post we're talking about just brick and mortar well, we would um, leave them in doctors' offices. We oh, would that's we good. would hand them to anybody who would take them, and sometimes we would just walk behind them and pick them up out of the trash. <laughs> so we go to the park, but eventually, eventually we that. had enough. Uh, we got into a few uh, independent bookstores because, uh -huh. of course, we were too small. Our print runs were too small that we couldn't get into big time distribution. So right. a few uh, local bookstores picked us up and oh, would buy them outright good. so that we wouldn't have to get returns. Which, exactly. Or uh, say, oh, well, we'll see how many we sell and give you back the rest. That was exactly. very nice. That's a whole mom and pop thing. And exactly. That's, and, and that's also always... a face-to-face -face marketing versus what we have today, which is faceless. Exactly. Really. And the mom and pop uh, business has always um, been our model. Well, we are still mom and pop. Um, oh, yes. Very uh, much so. My, my dad, Dave, and Eileen, uh, uh, my, his, my dad, Dave, and his wife, Eileen, are still uh, owners. Um, getting to the age where they want to retire a little bit more, but we're... I don't blame know, them. Family, <laughs> family is here stepping in. It's so much work. It really I don't know is. how you do it with three kids and a farm. Oh, luckily my. we have a few more wow. people helping us now. But yeah, we'll yeah you have be... some brothers. Well, my youngest brother Sam is uh, going to school and is in the entrepreneurship program, and he's stepping up now <clears throat> with me and uh, helping us quite a bit, learning how to market things. None of us know, never knew what we were doing. <laughs> You sound and so, like us. I have no a nurse and a doctor. Like, oh yeah, internet marketing, what website, yeah. huh? So Sam is coming to us with some not so half baked ideas now, Yay. and some of them are working. I think uh, was he the one who came up with the digital idea? Sam, uh, yeah, Sam runs our our digital section. He helps convert our magazine, uh, so we have a digital subscription available through Amazon Kindle. That's great. Uh, which is, we're going on, gosh, I'm not sure how many years now, four or five, at least years of the having digital. the Kindle edition. Yeah, yes. I think I remember, I think I knew you guys just before, or your dad, before you went digital. And I remember him talking about, hey, we're going to go digital. And he was so excited. Yes. I'm not sure he was exactly keen on what that meant, but he knew it was exciting. I still don't <laughs> know what kind of voodoo magic Sam works to make it happen, but he always has it up on time, and so that's all that really matters. That's great. Uh, now, Backwoods Home Magazine came out in what year? Our first issue was 1989. Wow. 
and you were seven years old. So there's been a lot of issues. I mean, it's monthly. It, we've always been bi-monthly. Oh, bi-monthly. Uh, yep. Okay. And we started off as just a little tiny, uh, gosh, our first issue might not have even been 64 pages. No, that um, sounds pretty been, good, though, really. We've been 100 pages steadily, though, since then. That's great. And still cranking That's away. That's a lot of content. So we're up to 159. Oh, my God. 159 issues. <laughs> that is fantastic. All right, so you got 159 issues. Um, is it even possible for you to have just one? If I made you, forced you to pick just one issue, what, which one would you pick? Well, uh -oh. I thought about this. <laughs> I thought about this, and then I was a little bit selfish the way I picked it. I picked issue 149, uh -huh. which is our September-October 2014 issue. That's pretty recent, really. It, it is, and partly because all three of my beautiful children are on the cover. <gasps> oh, yes! And I also have uh, one of my own articles in this magazine, uh, documenting our first successful year on our own farm uh, that my husband and I bought uh, a couple years ago. Oh. And so it's a little little bit uh, I, heart aflutter in there for me. You could not have picked a better so. issue. I mean, your children. I'm looking at this issue right here, and it's so, so beautiful. And I see their personalities there, too. Yeah. The, the serious, strong one. Uh, Miss the, Independent. The, yes. And the, the youngest, youngest. Her, her silly goose self. Yep. <laughs> and then your son, who is just thinking. He looks so serious. And he's oh, yeah. just thinking. He's the planner. <laughs> yes. What do I do next? Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I, I think you picked a great one. So let's talk about some of the authors who are contributing. I know you've had a lot through the years, but you, you've had a pretty good group that's stuck with you for quite a long we time. We have. We've had a core group of really important uh, authors with us for many years now. Uh, one is, uh, I'm going to forget people, I'm sorry. No, don't but worry. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie Clay Atkinson has been writing for us for good grief at least 15 years, maybe maybe closer to 18 years now. Uh, she has been a homesteader for uh, her entire adult life, at least 40 years now, um, taking raw land and turning it into a home, really. She's off-grid now on her Minnesota homestead. She grows a massive garden, has uh, I don't know, various animals... I don't think she has too many cows. Yeah, really? uh, I think she may have at one point. Uh, dairy goats and chickens, great big, huge garden. She's got a couple horses. I think she's got a donkey or two. Um, <laughs> but the, off doing all of this off-grid and really thriving is remarkable, and she does it well. Right. Um, so she's written for, to, for us for years. Uh, Jeff Yego is one of the uh, prominent names in uh, solar energy and photovoltaics, uh, constantly keeping us abreast of the m rapid changes uh, in uh, photovoltaic technology. Uh, he's been with us for a good 15 years. Jeff has a book coming out. I just got an email from he him today. He does. Um, they keep putting it off, poor thing. But his book, I think, is coming out. 
And I hope it's okay to say this November 29th. Oh, I hope so. Which I'm is my birthday. Really excited. I have to write him to back and it. tell him, oh, that's my birthday. That's Wonderful. so cool. So, yeah, fingers are crossed for Jeff. Yes. So, go ahead. I just wanted to mention Jeff's book right. there. Uh, Masad Ayub is another uh, big name. Uh, he's a, a firearms uh, instructor, he's a retired police officer, long, many, many years on the force. Uh, he writes for us about uh, self-defense, uh, the legalities of, uh, you know, what's going to happen if you have to defend yourself. He's seen it from both sides. Uh, extremely kind man. Um, eaten dinner with him many times. Just funny as heck. He drinks terrible beer, but we'll forgive him for that. <laughs> Now, when did, does he usually come over to visit? Where does he live? Did he uh, move? Masad is in Florida now. So he's oh, he's, he's near you. Serious? Yeah, he used to I be in this. New Hampshire. Now he's in uh, Florida. He's been down in Florida now about 10 years, okay. I'd say. Okay. Yeah, he and, and his wife, Gail, um, uh, teach. They do um, shooting seminars across the country, and they're very, very busy. I bet. Absolutely. Especially now. I mean, yes. we just don't know what our future is bringing to us. Right. Very scary. Yep. Of uh, course, you and Joe have been uh, writing <laughs> for us now for a while, yeah. and we love it because we uh, wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. We're it, it's, uh, you know, I think when we first met um, your stepmom and your dad that we, we weren't sure how they were going to receive the idea of... <clears throat> the medical preparedness because your magazine has very much been about self-reliance and growing right. food and, and farming and, you know, things that were kind of related to self-reliance medicine. If you think about it being away from, as right. far as distance from mm -hmm. a hospital or medical care. Right. And maybe somebody is coming to help you, but it might take an hour or right. two hours and but you need help right now. Exactly. So I think it was it was very interesting when we first talked to your dad and, and he's like, yeah, I get right. that. And well, we were ripe immediate. for it. Years ago, we had a dentist who wrote for us okay. and provided some of the same things. But, uh, you know, having having a real professional who is also in the preparedness field just makes all the difference. It's just fantastic. Well, we love writing for you guys. Absolutely. Now you have a new venture. A new magazine, and I really would like you to talk about that it's, a little bit. It's my fourth child. <laughs> four, four babies are a lot. I spend at least as much time on this as I do my kids. Oh, no. So we've launched, my brother Sam and I, my, my genius brother, and I have launched a new magazine. We're a bit of an offshoot. It's called Self-Reliance. And uh, it's a bit of a social experiment because we're leaving a few of the controversial topics behind in Backwoods Home Magazine. We're not going to uh, we're not going to focus on uh, firearms or politics at all because we realize there's a huge segment of the population who needs this information but is a little turned off um, when we talk about uh, more conservative topics, firearms. They they want to enjoy this information. They need this information, but they just aren't willing to wade through. They want it through a filter. They right. leave this out of it. I mean, and, and that's really how Joe exactly. and I discuss our topics, especially on our radio show. Mm -hmm. This radio show, Survival Medicine, we don't talk about politics. Right. Um, 
we will talk about natural disasters. We'll talk about right. things that have nothing to do with whether you are left or right. But and I don't care if you're purple or green. Right. And I believe that's exactly what you guys are targeting. It's exactly. Just, Everybody needs to know this information. It's right. Important. It's a it's a better fit for me personally too because I'm uh, not a very political person and I just as long as you can leave me alone well enough then we're good to go. Live and let live. Yes. I exactly. <laughs> live and let live. Exactly. That's wonderful. So tell me a little bit about um, what made you decide to start this magazine. It ha- must have a little history itself. It does. Uh, we started because we had so much extra material for Backwoods Home Magazine that we just couldn't print it all. And so we decided to start assembling a little side magazine, and uh, we couldn't afford to print it yet. And so because we had been successful on Kindle with Backwoods Home Magazine, we said, well, let's just start a second digital-only magazine and call it Self-Reliance. Well, that took off. Uh, The digital magazine... Uh, just exploded in a matter of a couple of months and we said well the time is obviously right there are people who are willing to subscribe to this but not to Backwoods Home Magazine uh, for the same price maybe we need to maybe this is something maybe this is something we need to develop and so uh, we tested the waters for about two and a half years uh, as a digital only issue and we thought we might just keep it digital but we kept hearing, I wish you were in print. <laughs> I wish, uh, you know, I I like getting it on Kindle, but I really want to hold this so I can earmark the pages and so I can take it out in the field with me or, or you know. Or if there's no internet that I still have or, this information. Yes, which exactly. Which we got from our website while we wrote our book. Exactly. It's the same thing. It's, you know, electronics are great if they work. Exactly. But your self-reliance information in a magazine it's better for them to have it on their shelves. Exactly. And and um, one thing I've found is uh, I learn better when I actually have that that book or that magazine in my hand. I retain the information better. And that's what we're hearing from a lot of people, too. Well, uh, you know, plus you have the highlighter. Do you do the highlighter? You exactly. You fold down the pages. Yep. So you earmark them or you use those little tabs. So... There is something about having a physical copy right. in front of you and reading it. Exactly. So, so this summer, this summer we've finally launched our first paper issue of Self Reliance magazine and expanded it greatly. So uh, former Kindle subscribers are going to be just delighted with with what they see uh, from here on out. It's a bigger, beefier magazine. So much information in there. It's just thrilling to me. Yay! I'm so happy. Now, are you writing any of the articles for it? I am not writing. I don't have one in this issue. I am being bullied into it, so I'm sure I will. (laughs) Um, We have so much experience. I mean, come on. (laughs) You could write this in your sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Writing is hard. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of thought. It really is hard. Right now, the easy thing for me is to edit what other people are doing, uh, but yes, I will be in here. Good. There will, at the very least, be little photojournalism essays okay. of what we're doing on our farm as well, we progress. People want to see that. We love to see stories progress. Yes. And obviously, from an issue a very long time ago, they saw your children. They heard a little bit about your farm, and, and yes. people get to know you, and they want to find out what's going on. They so do. You have to keep them up. And that's one of the stories. That's one of the reasons. 
Backwoods Home Magazine is successful and why self-reliance will be because our readers have watched me grow up and my brothers and now my children. They're invested. And they, they are. I know. Isn't that fun? It's, it's kind of like the not trashy version of reality TV. Because we're I agree. no scandals. That's, no scandals. <laughs> Nobody's dancing. Nothing beyond like, oh, the garden bar. failed this year. You know, that's as scandalous as it gets. <laughs> oh, I didn't water the garden for Uh-oh. a week. Oh no. Or a deer came in and ate all the carrots there we or go. something. Yeah. <laughs> fun stuff, but not scandalous. I love it. That is wonderful. Well, Annie, thank you so much for talking to us. Um, everyone who's listening out there. There are two magazines that you have to subscribe to, Backwoods Home Magazine and Self-Reliance Magazine. And those are backwoodshome.com and self-reliance.com. I'm glad you got that dash in there. Yes. (laughs) Otherwise, it'll take you guys somewhere else. All right, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Again, this is Amy Alton from Backwoods Home Magazine's booth in Mother Earth News. And I am in Oregon, <laughs> Albany, not Oregon, <laughs> like I always say it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> Take care. Bye. And that was our good friend Annie Tuttle of Self-Reliance Magazine and Backwoods Home. And we wish her certainly the very best in her future endeavors and also her children, who she has very, very charming children. And it was awesome to see them in Oregon during our current trip. Time for another short break and we will be right back. Wow, where did we get that one? I haven't heard that track for I don't know how long, probably since all the way back to our Prepper podcast, uh, Dr. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy show. Uh, I think it was called Sunspark. It's by our friend Dano, who Dano is uh, a musician who puts up uh, royalty-free music, and uh, we've used 
that clip maybe just a few times in the very early part of, of our show. So interesting to see that pop up again over on the old Survival Medicine Hour. I want to just spend a few minutes, that we're beginning to run a little bit low on time, but I just wanted to spend a few minutes talking about our recent books. Of course, you probably know by now that we've put out the Zika Virus Handbook, and the Zika Virus Handbook is basically from a doctor, a all-you-need-to-know book, everything pretty much that you need to know from soup to nuts about the Zika virus. And the Zika virus is something that's going to be an issue probably in the United States to some extent, hopefully not reaching epidemic status anywhere, but hopefully we'll be able to get a handle on it. And of course, our mosquito control efforts are certainly more effective than they are in tropical third world countries down in South America. So let's hope that we don't wind up having any big effects from the Zika virus, but already there's been one baby born in New Jersey with uh, microcephaly, a a decrease in the size of the brain, and and actually the entire head. And this is something that we're probably going to be seeing on and off uh, with especially people who have traveled to that epidemic zone and have gotten the virus there. So, we do have a book out. It's called the Zika Virus Handbook. Don't forget to check it out. It is on Amazon.com. I'm pretty happy about the book. We wrote it in a non-panic, non-fear-mongering fashion. So, you know, you can read it, get some good information, and also get information about other pandemic diseases, too. There's also in the book, as well as how to put together an effective sick room for times of trouble. So there is some good general information there, especially as a regards infectious diseases. Now, the other big news that we have is that we have come up with the third edition to our Survival Medicine Handbook. And the Survival Medicine Handbook's third edition is about 120 pages longer than the previous one. The previous one was 550 pages or so. So this one is about 670 pages. It has about 30 more illustrations and talks about a lot more topics. We, of course, talk a lot more about infectious diseases, which we're seeing more and more of these new ones pop up. And so we talk about how to deal with those. We also talk more about antibiotics. We also talk about active shooter situations and really have expanded the section on hemorrhagic wounds and pretty much just about everything there is to know about hemorrhagic wounds and blood loss is in our third edition and so make sure that you check it out it is going to be on amazon very soon we're going to be publishing it very soon keep an eye out for it we will be announcing it on the website when it is available for purchase and i hope that you'll buy it in the first couple of days get us up on the amazon rankings and that will make us feel good and and we really have worked hard i'll tell you all winter on putting together this third edition and we've gone from a, a lot of general information and now we're getting really specific doing some really hardcore stuff yeah talking about some hardcore stuff in it that i think will be very useful information for anyone who's going to be medically responsible in times of trouble so the third edition of the Survival Medicine Handbook 
coming out very, very soon. Keep an eye out for it, and I hope that you will get a copy of it and give that old copy of your second edition or your first edition to someone you love, someone that may need it in times of trouble. So that's what we're here for. We're here to put together information for just about anyone. Remember, our mission is to put a medically prepared person in every family for any disaster. Well, we are going to be on the road. I hope that you will wish us safe travels as we travel through what appears to be a tropical storm uh, in trying to get home. And uh, we'll let you know that we've arrived safe and sound. But uh, certainly some good wishes on your part are really going to help us feel more confident about this interesting journey that we have coming up ahead. But thanks again. Thanks for listening. And for Nurse Amy, this is Joe Alton, MD, Dr. Bones. And we will hopefully be back next week for another episode of the Survival Medicine Hour. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Check out our website at www.doomandbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. Contact us, send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.